Well, good morning. Welcome to Zion on this 23rd Sunday after Pentecost and the last green Sunday of the year. Uh, lots of announcements today, so I'm going to dive into it. First, uh, I'm going to pass around everyone's favorite clipboard, which is the worship assistant clipboard. Uh, if you are able and willing to be a lay reader or communion assistant, please put your name down so we can... Uh, make our list for next year and have you accounted for. So I'm going to go ahead and just get it started around. And There's a pen on there. Uh, the, just a reminder, as you notice when you walk in to the church with the canned food drive, uh, we will continue to collect canned goods and non-perishables through next Sunday. So if you haven't had the opportunity to contribute, please do so. And all of that does stay local at... Uh, County Line, uh, Church of the Brethren, and the food pantry they have, and there they serve the local community. Uh, you'll notice there's an order form in your bulletin for poinsettias. We need those by December the 4th. Uh, so please, go, please get those in uh, so we can have those accounted for. Uh, there's also a community Thanksgiving service next Sunday, the 20th, at 7 p.m. at the Christian Church. Uh, before the service, they will be serving a Thanksgiving meal at the Methodist Church. Uh, all are invited to that meal, and a free will donation will be taken. Uh, finally, in the upper narthex, the 2023 flower and bulletin sign-up list are up. So if you have particular dates that you would like to sign up for, please get your name down on those, and we can get you accounted for. Right. Are there any other announcements or other prayer requests for the congregation this morning? All right, if there's nothing else, I invite you to take a moment to quiet your hearts and quiet your minds as we prepare for worship and listen to the prelude.
congregation, I invite you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captives to sin, and we are free ourselves. We have sinned against you without word and deed, by what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for us and for his sake forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Glory to God in the highest and peace to God's people on earth. O God, the protector of all who trust in you, without you nothing is strong, nothing is holy. Embrace us with your mercy, that with you as our ruler and guide we may live through what is temporary without losing what is eternal. Through Jesus Christ our Savior and Lord. Amen. Our first reading is from Malachi. See, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all the evildoers will be stubble. The day that comes shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who revere my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. The word of the Lord. We will read Psalm 98 responsively. Sing a new song to the Lord, who has done marvelous things, whose right hand and holy arm have won the victory. You remember your steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel and all the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Shout with joy to the Lord, all you 
Sing to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the voice of song. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell therein. Let the rivers clap their hands and let the hills ring out with joy before the Lord who comes to judge the earth. The Lord will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Our second reading is from 2 Thessalonians. Now we command you, beloved, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to keep away from believers who are living in idleness and not according to the tradition that they received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us. We were not idle when we were with you, and we did not eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor, we worked night and day so that we might not burden any of you. This was not because we do not have that right, but in order to give you an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we gave you this command, anyone unwilling to work should not eat. For we hear that some of you are living in idleness mere busybodies, not doing any work. Now such persons we command and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. Brothers and sisters, do not be weary in doing what is right. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Luke. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, Jesus said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another, all will be thrown down. They asked him, Teacher, when will this be? And what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And he said, Beware that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, and in various places famines and plagues, and there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, 
by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair on your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. The Gospel of the Lord. I invite you to be seated. Children, I invite you to come forward. Well, today I was thinking about the psalm that we read in our worship, Psalm 98, which talks about God as a victor. God is the one who wins. God is the one who has victory. Uh, this week, I know this because... I'm your father. We played a game this week. Do you remember playing a game? Do you remember when we sat at the table and played? I don't know, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah? Do you remember who won? I'm pretty sure Clementine won. Do you remember winning the game? How did you feel when you won the game? Happy, right? Yeah, you feel happy when you win a game, right? Well, the psalm that we read tells us the same thing. It says that God is victory, so it says we should lift up our voices and sing. It says we should clap our hands, we should use instruments to praise God. We should lift up our voices. Well, I was thinking about all of this because all of our readings in one way or another talk about Jesus coming back on the last day. That Jesus is going to come back and judge the world. For Christians, that's a moment of victory. That's supposed to be a moment that we look forward to and we sing happily about. Because we will know with 100% certainty that God has won the game. That God is victorious. Right? That all of the bad stuff in the world, all of the evil, all of the sin, all of the sickness, the suffering, all of that's going to be done away with forever. There's only going to be the goodness of God. That's what God's victory looks like. When we know that God will finally and fully be victorious, we will sing and clap our hands, and we will enjoy the victory with him. Let's pray. Lord, help us to know that you are the one of victory, and help us to sing knowing that you are the one returning to put all things in subjection under you. And Lord, help us to know that you are with us wherever we go, and that you will share your victory with us. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we are coming to the end of the church here. Next Sunday will be the, the last Sunday of the church here. So it's appropriate that this morning we get a reading from the very last chapter of the Old Testament. This chapter is about what God is going to do to set the world right. So in the book of Malachi in chapter 3, God's people begin asking the question, where is the God of justice? They ask, why do the wicked prosper? Why is everything so hard for the righteous? Where is God? They want to know when God is going to finally and ultimately rid the world of sin and evil. When is the world going to be made right? Well, we don't know the date of when God is finally going to eliminate sin. 
We don't, as Christians, have an appointment on our calendar for this. We do know that when Christ comes again to judge the living and the dead, that he will put sin, death, and the devil under his feet. That's when. But we don't want to miss the fact that he has started his work already. His victory has already begun. And so the day of the Lord that Malachi writes of begins when Christ comes into this world. It begins at the incarnation of Christ. The prophecy that Malachi is writing in chapter 4 has already begun to come true for us. And so I want to say that when we look at Malachi chapter 4, we should see Jesus Christ. And more than that, we should see what Christ does in us and for us. First, Christ is the furnace of Malachi 4. The verse in Malachi 4 says, See, the day is coming, burning like an oven. The day that comes shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. When Christ entered history, he came as a consuming fire who reveals to us our sins. In fact, John the Baptist references this verse when he tells people about the coming Christ. John says, I baptize you with water, but after me comes one more powerful. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, and his winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear the threshing floor, gathering the wheat into the barn, and burning up the chaff like unquenchable fire. Christ has come to make clear that we are burnt up with sin. Christ, by his word and by his perfect holiness, shows us how far we are from God in our sin. And I find it interesting how Malachi pairs up sinners in our reading. He says that all the arrogant, all the arrogant and evildoers will be stubble that is burnt up when Christ comes. And we should read that text and think, that's me. I'm arrogant. I'm the evildoer. Now, I know we don't like to think of ourselves as arrogant, but the scriptures make it clear that that's who we are. We're arrogant because we don't love, trust, and fear God above all else. Instead, we so often live to serve the unholy trinity of me, myself, and I. That's the sin of Adam, the sin that we inherit. When Adam breaks God's law not to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, Adam believes that he can be as God. He believes the lie that in himself he can be the source of his own life. He can be his own complete authority. Adam decides he doesn't need God. He doesn't need God's word. He can do this life himself. And that sinful orientation to life will always bring us into spiritual despair. When pleasing ourselves and acting, acting only for ourselves, we can find life meaningless, that it gets shallow very quickly because we don't find peace in ourselves. We can't fix ourselves. And so in our arrogance, we so often quickly spiral into despair, into spiritual desolation. And we're arrogant because we so often make ourselves the center of the universe. We act out of selfish ambition. We so often want ease and convenience, comfort for ourselves only. We hate to be bothered with loving our neighbors as ourselves. And when we're arrogant in this way, when we act as evildoers, 
we end up burning our relationships as well. How often in our lives have we had conflict? How often have we caused strife or heartache? Because we have been arrogant. We have and we still do bring this division into our homes and into our relationships because so often we think of ourselves first and foremost. All of us are guilty of this. We have all treated others with contempt and with indifference. We are often unfair and impatient. And this causes pain in our homes and in our relationships. This arrogance is the opposite of faith. Because faith is trust and dependence on God as our Father. Faith recognizes that God provides everything for us. It's interesting that in the words of the Catechism, God richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support the body and life, and that God richly and daily forgives me all my sins. These are not things that we do for ourselves. These are not things that we can do for ourselves. They are gifts given to us. Arrogance, then, is the belief that God does not do this for us, but that we do it for ourselves. Arrogance is the opposite of the gospel. Arrogance does not believe that God does it all for me in Christ. Arrogance hears God's word and says, that's not for me. That doesn't apply to me. Arrogance says, I can ignore this particular commandment in God's word. It says, God doesn't care if I break this one little commandment. But it's that arrogance that puts us on to the road of destruction. And we as arrogant evildoers are the chaff that get gets burnt up with sin. We become like ashes. And that's exactly why we put ashes on our heads on Ash Wednesday. We mark ourselves with a visible reminder that left to our own devices, we have no hope. We have no hope and we'll just return to the dust because the way of sin leads to ashes. The way of sin leads to us burning everything to the ground. Our reading from Malachi, however, doesn't end with ashes. It ends with the sun of righteousness rising with healing in its wings. In Luke chapter 1, Zechariah makes a beautiful reference to this verse right after his son, John the Baptist, is born. He says, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us. Zechariah describes Christ coming into the world as the dawn from on high breaking upon us. The light has come to dispel the darkness. And here the sun, the sun which burns much hotter, which blazes much hotter than any oven could, rises not to burn us, it doesn't come to turn us into ash, but the sun rises to heal us. And that's the good news of the coming of Christ. Christ has come to raise us from sin and death. This is the good news that we'll sing about in a few weeks on Christmas. Right? Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace, hail the Son of Righteousness, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Christ comes to give us life out of the ashes. We, in our arrogant evil doings, 
have burnt so much to the ground. We have made a wreck of our lives so often. We have caused heartache. We have separated ourselves from God. But Christ has come to raise and to heal. Like the mythological phoenix, we are raised from the ashes and we're united to God and to one another. Christ becomes the second Adam for us and he resets the trajectory of our eternity. We ourselves, left to our sinful devices, would be nothing but ashes. Christ, however, lives perfectly for us and takes our sins unto himself. And he is raised by God in victory. Christ is our victory. And he makes possible for us to live with God. He makes it possible for us to put our neighbors before ourselves. He makes healing in our relationships possible. And so the people in Malachi ask, where is the God of justice? Well, we point to Christ. There he is. We point to what Christ has done on the cross. There's God's justice satisfied. There it is revealed. And we point to Christ and we say, there is our healing. There is the son of righteousness. Christ's work is finished, but it's not yet completed in us as we all know. Yes, we are all still sinners, but Christ is coming again. As we get to the end of the church year and into Advent, we're going to be invited over and over to remember that truth, that Christ will come again. And so right now we live in two worlds. The light has begun to dispel the darkness in us and in the world, but not yet completely. The Spirit is making us holy. The Spirit is healing our relationships even now but we are still sinners. We live now both as righteous and as evildoer. However, there's coming a day when we will no longer be sinners because sin will no longer exist. There is coming a day when death no longer exists, when suffering no longer exists, that all of these things will be burnt up into nothingness. My family's favorite vacation spot is on the beach, and so we usually go to the East Coast. We usually go to North Carolina. And so one thing Noel and I like to do is to wake up before the kids get up. We like to get our coffee and sit on the deck and watch the sunrise over the ocean. And the beauty of that is like nothing else. But if you watch a sunset closely and you have kind of that unimpeded view of the ocean, you'll notice that the rays of light break through the darkness before the sun is ever visible. The light begins to dispel the darkness, and there's this period between first light and sunrise that sometimes seems like it takes forever as the light begins to trickle out over the land. But then, all of a sudden, the sun is up, and then all of a sudden, all of the darkness is dispelled. And then all of a sudden, the orange sun glows warmly and radiantly over the water, well, that's what we're waiting for. We wait for the day when the sun of righteousness will fully and finally dispel all darkness. We wait for the day when all grief is gone, all relationships are healed. We wait for the day when sin is no longer a struggle for us. We wait to see the sun of righteousness risen with healing in his wings. Amen.
together let us stand and confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O Lord, in these last days we lift our eyes to your Son, from whom our help comes. Turn us from distress and fear of what is coming in our world to stand confidently in the word of Christ, which will never pass away. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, uphold all ministers of your gospel and those who hear the gospel gladly, especially all persecuted Christians in this world. Cause your word to be honored and deliver them from wicked and evil men. Give a mouth and wisdom to your people in all adversity to confess you and to endure faithfully to the end. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, we have a command from your blessed apostle that we are to be busy at work and not walk in idleness. Strengthen us in Christ to do good without weariness. Bless the homes and businesses of this congregation and give to our people the fruits of their labors. Grant that in the conduct of our life's work, our hearts may always be directed to the love of God and the steadfastness of Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, give us generous hearts that out of the abundance you lovingly provide to us, we may care for those within our households, for our fellow Christians in need, and for the poor and hungry all around us. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of compassion, renew all veterans of service and of war in mind and body. Help them find ways to use their talents and to inspire others by their service and dedication. Strengthen and enrich all ministries and services that assist veterans who struggle with the weight of their vocations. And may the men and women who have served in combat be graced by your love and compassion. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of hosts, bless our nation and its leaders, especially Joseph, our president, and Richard Michael, our governor, and help us to protect and increase the privileges we have for generations who follow us looking always to you, from whom true freedom comes. Lord, in your mercy. Merciful Father, straighten and raise the heads of your people to look for the resurrection of the last day and to live and endure in hope, since our our redemption draws near. Sustain your children in every affliction and need, especially Steve, Owen, Tana, Walker, Phil, Judy, Marilyn, Marcia, Nancy, Rose, Tony, 
Carolyn, and Alan. Lord, in your mercy. As the days pass and all things move to their end, keep us, Lord, from being complacent. Keep us alert and awake so that when the day comes, we may greet the Lord and rejoice in his salvation. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Now gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as our Lord taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Bless this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen.
peace. Serve the Lord.